So I'm just going to quickly introduce myself and then we're going to learn more about Joe. So my name is Erica Jordan Thomas. I am CEO and founder of EJT Consulting LLC, as well as Get Launch Consulting, which is a program that helps educators launch their consulting businesses. So I'm super excited to be here with Joe tonight, who is a member of Cycle One of Get Launch Consulting. And we're going to learn all about his story of launching his consulting business. So welcome, Joe. Show him some love in the chat. And Joe, tell us about yourself. Walk us through your kind of like education leadership journey. Tell us how you got into education, some of the stops you made along the way, and what you're you're doing now. My name is Joe. I I came by education not thinking I ever wanted to be a teacher. Mm. I started off teaching swimming lessons starting at a very young age. I started teaching swimming lessons, like did it as as assisting and supporting. He said, are you going to go be a teacher? Because you're really good at this. And so that was what led me to apply to uh, the University of Scranton in Scranton, Pennsylvania, home of the office. And uh, yeah, big big times, big times. And then I, I got my bachelor's in early and primary education. Uh, I was the only male in my cohort. Uh, oh, wow. And so while there, I did some research on teacher immediacy and nonverbal communication and also some uh, research around male teachers in early childhood education. And then I joined Teach for America uh, after graduating from college moved to Eastern North Carolina, where I was a founding first grade teacher at a, a brand new school, taught first grade for two years, was a GLC in my second year of teaching, got to loop up with some of my first babies and teach third grade, taught third grade math, and then started instructional coaching the math teachers second through fourth grade that year. And then following that, I moved into the assistant principal role and then moved to the school that I'm currently at with my school leader, and we founded our sister school in the adjacent county. Mm. So first off, I love this this question of hearing education movie trailers because I feel like I get to learn so many like little like fun facts about people. And I also just like love any male teacher in elementary school just because it just like makes my heart so warm. And so it's it's so good to just kind of hear your story and your journey because there's so many unique things that even I didn't know, even though I know you. <laughs> so I so I want to highlight something that you said that I think it's going to come up in our conversation that right now you are a school leader. You are the head of the school and you yes, have your consulting business. And so we're going to get into that because one of the questions that people ask who have full-time roles is how do do I do both? <laughs> How do I manage both? So we're going to get to that here in a second. But tell us why you were thinking about consulting. Like what piqued your interest for you to even like start going in this direction? So the problem that I, I'm seeking to solve is a lack of support 
for teachers who are teaching primary school and particularly around math instruction. So many foundational skills are are unfortunately taught incorrectly because because there's not enough support for teachers to be able to fully teach a standard completely and understand the coherence from starting in pre-K all the way through high school. And then we have our students get to middle school and high school and they struggle to persist through problems and not because they lack persistence or lack grit. It's because they have gaps in their foundational skills because they didn't learn the whole standard necessarily in the grade when they were supposed to learn it. And so I'm really excited about supporting teachers, especially teachers, instructional coaches to be able to teach math in a more complete and full way to make sure that students can think conceptually about math and not as a a set of procedures and steps to go through, which is the way that I was taught math. Mm -hmm, I mean, I didn't really... I didn't really understand multiplication really well until I taught third grade math. (laughs) Like I could do it. I knew all my multiplication facts. Like you asked me, I got them, but it was, it was that I didn't really know what it meant. Oh my goodness. So my, so for those who don't know, I previously taught high school math. So I was a high school math teacher and what, what resonates so deeply with what you shared is my, so when I had a a year where I was a resident principal, so my year prior to moving into school leadership, where I had the opportunity to, to be out of school for a year and to learn school leadership, I was placed at a pre-K through eight school. And my host principal, as a, a learning opportunity to stretch me, she put me over kindergarten and third grade. And I remember the moment of, of sitting in a kindergarten classroom and them learning about shapes. And even though they may not have been using the, the language of volume, as someone who was a previous geometry teacher, I had this moment of like, that is where the breakdown happened for my kids. And the same thing when I was in a third grade classroom, when they were like beginning to talk about surface area in a third grade standard, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like I was having flashbacks to my yep. classroom as a ge- high school geometry teacher where my kids were struggling. I'm like, that's where we messed up. Like that's where the breakdown happened. And so yep. you, you, you're really passionate about this problem and and the way that you you talk about it is so inspiring and so beautiful. And so there's many ways that you can solve the problem. You've been solving the problem through your roles. So why consulting? What kind of started to pique your interest and then got you really excited to say, I want to go after this problem. I'm already going after it, but I also want to go after it in this way. So I wanted to go after it this way because I wanted to be able to work with more schools work with more kids and work with more teachers. Our teachers will be able to be more successful all across the board. Mm-hmm. Like no teacher, no teacher obviously goes into teaching because they want to struggle right. and see kids struggle. And they're just instructional coaches, assistant principals, school leaders. They, they have so much on their plate as well. 
And mm-hmm. so being able to support their content knowledge field and then support teachers better will then lead to kids being more successful. And when kids are successful, teachers feel success. And when teachers feel success, school leaders, assistant school leaders, like they feel success as well. And then that also helps improve culture. Yeah. So so talk to us around the services that you provide in your business and how did you decide on those particular services? So that is still work in progress, 100%. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's changing. It's changing based on uh, feedback that I get, uh, that I get from clients that I get from speaking with, with prospective clients of like, I needed to, I had my idea of what, like, what I would, what I might need as a school leader from a consultant, but knowing that that is just one facet of, and my perspective. And so some of the services mm-hmm. that I are, that I offer currently is one on one leadership coaching to uh, support the content leads, whether that is an instructional coach, an assistant principal, a school leader, whoever's driving instruction and then supporting teachers. I offer by great, uh, like teacher band to a uh, group coaching that mm-hmm. way and able to support a grade level who is implementing a math curriculum and then running professional development for, uh, again, a grade level or a school-wide initiative for math instruction. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you are starting to allude to that I think would be a really interesting place to dig for people who are listening, because I think sometimes there's this misconception that like, all right, when you decide you want to start a consulting business, you get an idea, you pick some some services or menu of services, and then you start going and like, you know, then you're off when actually Mm -hmm. in reality, there's a lot of experimentation you have to do very early on in in your business to kind of test out what works for your audience, what works for you. And because I know your journey and your story, I know you've done a, a lot of really great experimenting and testing. And so talk to us a little bit about like how you've been experimenting in your business to find like kind of your lane, like what your what the lane of your consulting business and what you've been learning through some of that testing. Yeah. So I definitely have experimented a whole lot. Failing fast is, you know, is a lesson I learned in school leadership. And I, I think that that completely transfers over to starting a business. And so I started off with an email course. And not thinking that that's where I was going to start. That was never what I was, that's never what I expected or thought consulting looked like. So I've had to change my lens of what running a consulting business or running your own business looks like. Like I just, you know, you you go to a school, you do PD, and that's not necessarily what it has to look like. It can, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have to look that way. So I started off with an email course just to to see what people, what teachers, school leaders would want. And then I, I made the I made the mistake of thinking, okay, I've done that, check that box. Now I have to move on to a new new idea or a new topic. Mm. But then realized what well, there's a lot in there that I can unpack and repackage to fit the needs of a different audience mm. or maybe the same audience, but how they, they might want it packaged differently. So I took a 
email course that was over uh, seven days and packaged it all up into one one bundle and offered uh, start offering that up. And my next plan is then to take that and then turn it into mini courses where mm. I go through like an example of of for each of the lessons and then that to then spin off into okay this I've run it as an example and then you can now apply it to your own work or I could work alongside you and do it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that was one of the uh, that's one of the ways I had to fail fast of like I was sitting on that idea for weeks months and mm. and just kind of I was leaving I was just leaving an idea out there because I just, I moved on. I checked the box saying like, that is done. There's that I've exhausted that idea. Mm. And that's not true. Mm, I love this. I love this so much because, and I think this is going to be critical when we start talking about managing your consulting business while you're also working full time, that one of the strategies that you can that you should be leveraging in your business, even if you don't have a full-time job, is really thinking creatively around your content and how you can repurpose and repackage your content. So Joe just gave a really, really great example of what it, it could look like to, to identify mul- multiple purposes for your content. And another example that I'll just share is if I were to record a podcast, which a podcast is content. Anytime you create something, it is content. That podcast, I can repurpose in a few different ways to create new content. So for example, I could take the the podcast, I can take the audio file, get that transcribed so that way I have a script. I can turn that script into a blog post. I can turn that script and take out different quotes and turn that into some social Mm -hmm. media content where now I'm posting quotes. So there's tons of different ways. And I think this is, you know, can be really exciting for people is the ways that when you create one thing, pushing yourself to think about what are all the different ways that I could actually be leveraging this and using this. And there's a little bit of of mindset work that's underneath that, which I'm excited yep. for us to talk about too, is because I think sometimes we think because we put something out into the world one time that it's like, oh my God, like people are going to know if I do this again. <laughs> and actually it's, it's they're like, not gonna know. We as human beings receive so much information in a day that yep. like like no we are inundated with information that actually we need to see things multiple times almost like in our classroom like we Mm -hmm. need to see things multiple times in order to internalize it which makes makes repurposing content such a really really powerful strategy so you were you're kind of mentioning you were hinting at uh some of the mindset work that you were starting uh of like i i did this thing and my brain was like, check the box, move on to the next thing. And you had a learning there. And so mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit more around like, what has the mindset work been for you? Because entrepreneurship is mindset work. You even named a mindset earlier of failing fast is a mindset. Yep. So talk to us about some of the mindset work that you've done. So the first one is that gremlin that we've talked about. How many of y'all have read? Brene Brown's work. She calls them gremlins. They are all those little uh, little voices that say, you can't do this. Someone, 
someone's going to call you out. They're going to think you're fake. They, they're going to, mm. they're going to say all these things. Uh, I don't need to, I don't need to name them all. We all have our own gremlins that we don't mm-hmm. need to surface right now necessarily. And it's about quieting them. Like how many gremlins did I have about getting on this, uh, getting on live? Yeah. And Same. yeah. Right. And so quieting them that that's been the biggest, biggest mindset shift for me. Uh, like the question that I, I kept asking about, like, why do I think that I can do this? Mm-hmm. Like, why should, why, why am I more, why am I qualified to, to, to support people? Like, I still have a lot of work. I have still a lot of room to grow. Like, who am I to say that I'm going to try and support other people? Mm-hmm. And so that's been one of the biggest mindset shifts is quieting those and like it's it's okay for me to still be a work in progress it's okay for me to um need to get better and while i'm getting better i can still support others uh growth as well Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and here's here's the thing that i know for a fact like multiple things can be true at one time I can be a genius and still be a work in progress. <laughs> like, like I can, mm-hmm. I can have superpowers and still be dealing with my kryptonite. Like, like there's like multiple truths can be possible at one time. And I think, you know, this is where, where, as you were talking about before of defining the problem that your business is solving, just to be really clear for the people who are listening right now is that like you are you have a superpower when it comes to math instruction like it is it is it is so deeply unique and you've had experience of doing the work on multiple different levels as a classroom teacher as an instructional coach and as a school leader that that level of rich experience within itself sets you apart from 95% of consultants who are attempting to do work in this area. And so like, I think that's that type of mindset work that we, we have to do as educators because we think everybody can do what we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we take for yeah. granted that like everybody can just teach third grade math. And it's like, bruh, like that that is that is 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 a superpower so so talk to us about like what skills that you have exercised as a a educator and you were kind of hinting at this before that are you're realizing are actually skills that you're using in your business like they're translating over and it's in a different context, but it's the same skill. So how did being an educator actually prepare you to like lead your business? Some of, some of the skills that I used in my classroom were, were taking specifically adaptive skills and finding a way to make them a technical, uh, find a technical fix first so I can get better at it. So for example, I really struggled with building relationships with teammates and with students and families because I was telling myself that I wasn't good at it. So I came up with a technical fix. I scheduled I scheduled out times in my calendar of like, I'm going to talk to these three people on Monday. I'm going to talk to these three people on Tuesday. And it's just going to be the same thing. Now, that's not the way that I would want it to be forever, but that's the way that it was for the first month until I got into the habit. 
And that's now what I'm doing in, in, mm. my, in my business right now. I'm learning quickly that it's a lot about who you know and who you're connecting with. And uh, that is, that's a strategy that I'm using right now to build my business that I'm building relationships with other consultants as well. And so mm-hmm. I have in my calendar a time to follow up, to reconnect uh, with somebody that I spoke to a month ago or two months mm-hmm. ago, just so that I'm making sure that I'm staying in contact with people mm-hmm. because that is still not a skill that it comes really naturally to me. So I have to have a technical fix for it. And mm-hmm. that's something I learned in the classroom. Having lots of proactive conversations rather than reactive thinking through what are the potential problems or what are the or what are the steps that I need to make sure are lined up so that when when I'm launching a new item or launching a new service that I've thought through first five steps, the first 26 steps, so and testing them all just as like we would uh, teach a mock lesson in front of the mirror. I don't know if you've done that, but I've definitely done that where I've taught a lesson to myself and you know if i could be in my classroom i'm i'm in the classroom running the play and practicing like which which student's table i'm going to go walk over to first for this question same thing as when i'm launching a new service like mm-hmm. i send the test email to myself i go through all the links i double check the i double check the the spelling because I don't want I don't want to be perceived as not knowing what I, oh, what I know because I made a I made an error. I, I don't want somebody to get oh this link doesn't work. Like I'll fix it if it happens. Like I'm not going to stress out about it. But I want to yeah, I want it to be a seamless process. Oh, oh, that's such a good gem. Oh, okay. So let me repeat that back and play that back for people, just so that way we do not miss that. Is this practice that we have as educators of the practice of that is, is as just as important in your business. And so the, the, the business terminology for that is going through your customer's journey of whatever you plan to do in your business, you actually need to go through the journey. And that is the equivalent of practice to be able to see what they would be experiencing, to be able to catch the real-time errors before you take it live. And so I love the fact that you named that because I do the exact same thing in my business. Anytime I'm creating a new email sequence, a new web page, a new webinar, I literally register myself to see the emails, to make sure that they come through at the time I want them to come through. Are the gifs coming up right? To your point, do the links work? So that's such a a great gem and great strategy there. Um, Someone asked a question around how did you market your email course? And you can talk specifically to that. And also just in general, broadly, because especially since, you know, me knowing your journey and and the experimentation that you're doing right now, that you've had the opportunity to kind of experiment with how you put yourself out there and knowing your journey too, that you've taken some really healthy, bold, courageous risks in putting yourself out there. So talk to us around how you've been thinking about marketing. And of course, you can talk specifically to your to your email course, but you're welcome to also talk about it just in general too. Yeah. So with my email course, I first started with Facebook groups. There are lots of Facebook groups that are uh, specifically around Eureka Math. And that is 
that is where I feel most comfortable. Eureka Math, Zern, and Engage New York because they're all they're all cousins. They're all cousins, <laughs> and so uh, that's where that's where I I gained. It's where I started to gain my following with uh, with my email course. You have to if you're going to go that way, you do have to make sure you understand the rules and regulations around the the Facebook group and the and how you're allowed to use it. You can get creative and mm-hmm. like and offer and use a landing page by offering uh, offering a freebie and that helps get you in the door without necessarily violating some of the maybe some of the rules that that Facebook group has and so that's where I started and from when I launched this email course in June I had zero people on my email list and by the end of the summer I had over 350 people to my email list. Come on, wins. Uh, and they all wanted they all wanted to be supported in in Eureka Math. And so from that then I'm able to then continue that email list up and just continue to interact with the people on the list. Now, I haven't done I've done experimented with offering a service, just being in communication with people sharing articles, sharing some some lessons that I've had from the year, just so that like my name just keeps getting out there. Not really asking them to buy anything yet. Like I'm really right now and where I think that I am in my my business is in the trust building phase. Mm. That spending money on you, like paying someone is is in my opinion, is one of the biggest forms of trust. It's like, mm. I say, I trust you enough to give you my money that I worked really, really hard for. Mm-hmm. And so I, I am nobody to, these, uh, to the, this group of people in my email list yet. And so I need to build their trust. I need to show mm. them that I'm competent and I'm capable to support them in their, in their journey, whether that's their, their teacher with students every day, in front of them every day, or they are an adult that's leading other adults. And so that's where I'm in. That's where I am with my that part of my business right now. I really feel like I'm very much in a trust building phase. Ooh, that's a gem. Building trust. So there's one thing that I'm going to break down, and then there's two terms that you share that I, I um, want you to explain for folks in case they may not know what they what they mean from a business standpoint. Yeah. First, the the piece around the trust building process, just to break mm-hmm. that down quickly for folks. Oftentimes, the way folks can self-sabotage in, in their business is they have such, they have a, a one action launch strategy that when they don't get the response that they anticipate from taking that one action, then they those gremlins and voices start to pop up and then they start mm-hmm. to question themselves. With like, oh my goodness, no one is interested when the only action that they took to share their service was a social media post. And this point, this beautiful point that you're making of the trust building process, and this is where I think that that our, our gift as educators and our experience of educators of, of where we have had to leverage our superpowers of building trust with our kids, building trust with communities, that we've actually built our toolbox and our experience in our classrooms and schools that directly can translate to, to our business. We have to build trust with our audience. So just showing up one time is, 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 
is not it's not going to build an act of trust. You have to be consistent enough for folks. Folks have to get to know you and know that you're offering value in order for them to to trust you and make an, an act of trust through spending money with you. So you mentioned two terms that I would love for you to just explain in case folks may may not be clear on what they are. You said the word landing page and you said the word freebie. So explain to folks what those those two things are. So a freebie is something that you are giving away for free. It is a it's a nugget into your expertise. And so uh, an example of a freebie that that I've been giving that I've given out is I uh, curated a list of the most important eureka lessons to to study like if you if your teachers or your or you're an administrator and you can't focus on you can't focus on all the things but if you if you're going to study a specific set of eureka lessons i listed those out and sent them out as a freebie like i didn't do anything other than say like you're teaching kindergarten module one you should study lesson three seven and eight because they're on the focus standards Mm-hmm. You should study more of them if you can, but these are the ones you absolutely want to make sure that you study. So that's a that was an example of a freebie. I sent it out. I send that out using a landing page, and so I use Mailchimp, and I'm going to see if I can explain it in a succinct way. Uh, so the landing page, it's provided a link. The then it explains what the freebie is, and it's like, hey, if you want the uh, the most important Eureka lessons to focus on, submit your email here, and then it will be sent to you. Mm-hmm. And so then I get the, I get the, it's free because I'm giving away the, the resource for free. But what I'm gaining is an email so that I can follow up with that educator in a future time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to share a couple of things for for folks because I think this is one of the one of the things for people who are just starting out that's like super new. And so I'm going to share a couple of points just for our folks who are listening is a part of this trust building process is you have to create a system to to engage in relationship with people and to be able to over time continue to build trust. And so one of the strategies that you can use in your business that allows you to add value to begin and enter into a a relationship with your potential client that over time would hopefully lead to them building enough trust to be able to enter into a a professional relationship and then purchasing, purchasing or becoming a paid client is is a freebie strategy where you are offering up something of value that that it's it's and this is you know some of the stuff that we talk about in the in the program and get launch consulting of what are different types of freebies but mm-hmm. there is something that there you need to have some type of a freebie that's offering value you shouldn't be giving away you know uh, something that should be a service <laughs> so you have to be really intentional around what you pick but in exchange for this value, people are engaging in the first step of trust of providing their email address. And that's the way that you begin to cultivate and build that relationship is through email communication, which is the whole next part of the strategy. So, Joe, tell us, and, and one thing actually that 
uh, came up for me while you were talking and I wanted to share with our audience and would love for you to talk about is y'all, Joe is like the goal setting king. <laughs> like he will set some goals and he will crush these goals. And so talk to us a little bit about some of the goals that you set in your business and what came of that. So I had some goals or some goals around connecting, connecting with a certain number of educators. So I had a goal of connecting in, in a month. I wanted to connect with 30 educators so that I could better figure out like what is the next service that I should be thinking about and starting to work on. Currently, I have I have a new goal after thinking of 30 in a month. I have a goal of that I am I am making sure that I have that I'm talking, connecting with 10 people a week and that can be 10 new people or building relationships with 10 10 past people that I've already worked with. That was around just like building up my network. If you were here at the beginning of our time, I've been at the same school or in the same district for for all of my career, and so I have a lot of I have a lot of connections within my network. But outside of my network, it uh, I don't have as many connections yet, and so by setting goals of connecting with 10 new people or 10 people from my past, I just want to continue building that network. Uh, uh, again, it, it goes back to what I said around, I, I feel like I'm in the trust building phase of my business. And, and I know that building the trust now will pay off dividends later. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, and it's, it's, it's market research too that you're doing. And I think I think what's so beautiful about this is this level of patience that you're exercising and listening that you're exercising in your business. This is why I get like so overjoyed and like so excited with with folks who with educators launching their own consulting business because when we're leading from our values, the way we do business is like so different and but it's so needed and it's what we're missing so much of of what would it look like for every consultant to start with listening in their business mm-hmm. like just listening and like being present and being patient and so and hearing you talk about that is just such a beautiful gift I and mean, I just want to highlight like how important that is and why that's a part of my mission of starting Get Launch Consulting because we as educators who are, are phenomenal, we've had results within our career. There are certain values that we have that are going to translate into our business and it's going to have this ripple effect of impact that we're able to have even beyond what we're already doing within our role. Jill, someone named in the chat that they did your book study. And so they were just showing you some love there. I want to make sure that you you knew that. Um, so someone yeah, submitted a question around how do you manage a full-time job in consulting? And their question is particularly around like managing it when your full-time schedule may not be flexible. What thoughts do you have there? So I have scheduled before my day starts. So right now I'm 100% virtual uh, with kids. And so that has its trade-offs and I'm using that as I'm using it as an opportunity to Make sure I carve out time for for myself. I'm taking a lot of time to be be better at taking care of myself, so that when we do come back in person, that I have built up the habits of taking care of myself and my family. That's not something I was good at before. 
and still working on. But for my business, I am, I have it marked off on my calendar two mornings a week before I start my, my, my morning, my regular, my full-time job is that I'm focusing on my, the planning for my business. Just as like we do as educators, we do long-term planning. And so I have a planning session once a month that tells that I decide like Tuesday, Tuesday, January 5th, like this is the thing I'm working on for an hour. And I base it around also where my energy is highest. I know that I work best in the morning. If I need to write up content, that is not happening at seven o'clock at night. Like I can I can have a conversation at seven o'clock at night, but the writing is it's just not gonna happen and at, at this time. And so I, I need to make sure that I'm blocking off the time when I can be most most successful. Working in really long blocks is not always what works best for me. So saying that I'm gonna work six hours on a Saturday, that's just that's just not gonna work for me. And so I I put in small blocks Saturday and Sunday morning because that again that works that works for me instead of doing a, a, a six hour block, I do two, three hour blocks on a on the weekends. But that just works with me and my schedule. And you know, I'm I'm starting to rethink this as we're about to have a, a new member of our family join us in a couple of weeks. Like I, I'm gonna have to adjust that because yeah. that time will uh, the times that I'm using now are not necessarily just going to be my time anymore. Yeah. So it's constantly adjusting. But that one once a month planning session where I'm just like, this these are the tasks that I need to get done, and this is when I'm gonna get them done, helps me not look at a long to-do list and and think this is this is just too much. I learned this from the together teacher. Um I have a to-do list and then I have a later list. Mm-hmm. So the later list is what helps because then I know it's going to get done, but it doesn't need to get done today. It doesn't need to get done this week. It's going to get done um, maybe by the end of January. Yep. Yep. And so I, I love this so much because two things that come up for me as you're sharing is, well, this is for anybody. And then particularly when you're working full time and, and running your consulting business is having grace for yourself mm-hmm. of really you know, trying to, and this is, this is kind of the catch 22, right? Of like the most effective educators who are, are positioned to be able to launch a amazing consulting business are oftentimes perfectionists. <laughs> like they set like really high goals and they want to do everything tomorrow. And so really being able to exercise grace for yourself being able to to sit in the fact that done is better than perfect and being really clear on on to your point what absolutely has to be done uh, now and mm-hmm. and adjusting your expectations with like what will bring money in the door versus like what's just nice to have like what is the focus right now in terms of of if I only have a set amount of hours per week then I have to be really intentional with that time and have to be really clear on my priorities. So when you are just starting in your business and and you're launching, you're working full time, you have to be so clear on on building relationships with your clients. And if, if if it's not within the realm of that, 
you have to have to reprioritize. And so I love that so much. And I love even the technical strategies that you're naming of like blocking off time on your calendar, making that commitment, being thoughtful of your energy. And it's so interesting to hear about your energy patterns because mine's are the complete opposite. <laughs> like As a night owl and someone who like, do not talk to me before 10 a.m. But like, if you get me like Sunday at like 4 p.m., like in the zone, ready to go, or even like in the evenings, I can bust out so much work. And so those Mm -hmm. things are just so incredibly important as you're thinking about how to balance both. And the last thing that I'll just name is a quote that I heard today that came up is that there is always time for the right things. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, part of this is being clear on what are the right things for you. And when I say you, I mean, anybody who is listening is, is, you know, if you're getting into doing your consulting business, there is, is as an educator, there is a bigger mission at play. Like, it's not just about launching your business. (laughs) Like, like it is about, about showing up for students and communities and going after your freedom and building your wealth while you do it. And so there's always time for you to go after your freedom. Now, in terms of what that time looks like, I'm not saying it's a whole week off because you may not have that luxury, but there is time for you to be able to go after your dreams. There's always time for you to do that. And some of that might mean, to Joe's point, being able to create some of these systems for yourself. And sometimes it might mean setting some boundaries too in your time. And so I don't know if you all caught it, but Joe named that he's getting ready to be Papa Joe pretty soon. (laughs) And so there's going to be a whole nother phase of being able to readjust again of what that time looks like and giving yourself grace to know that adjusting is okay. So Joe, what, what, advice would you have for anybody who is is thinking about starting their consulting business or super early on in their journey? What advice would you give them? The world needs you. Like our schools, our kids, our communities need you. Find what you are, what you believe you are the best in the world at and just go for it. Like We need amazing educators to do this work. And there are so many educators that are doing this, uh, doing work day in and day out, showing up and killing it for kids. And they need more support. The money is there. Like someone, someone wants, someone, someone is overworked and doing too much of the work. And they would love for you to come to their school to support a teacher, to support them so that they can support kids better. We have too many people leaving. We have too many fantastic educators leaving education because it's too hard because they're not being supported in the way that they need to be. Because we have too many kids who aren't getting the support that they need because their teacher's burnt out because someone hasn't Someone has come and done an evaluation, but nobody has come Mm -hmm. to say, I see that you're really struggling to to teach this concept. Let me observe and let me sit beside you and work to to help you get there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. 
Ah, that gave me chills. I love that so, so much. And it makes me think of a particular moment that you had recently. We're going to wrap up here in a moment, but it makes me think of a moment that you had in your journey that I would love for you to share with folks where you had had a couple of experiences that gave you insight into other consultants. And do you remember what you, what you shared with me around what you learned about that? If not, I'll tell you, but I, I just, I, I'm like, I feel like you should say it. But if you don't remember, then I could say it. Was this when I was talking with Nick? No, this was, this was when you, you had had uh, experiences of how other people were, were doing math type of consulting work. Oh, and yeah. you had this realization that like gave you some energy and momentum. Do you know what I'm talking about now? I think so. And maybe I'm maybe I'm going to say a different point and then we can get people to different points. And that would okay. be, <laughs> be great. There are people doing the work that are not good at it. Also. Yes, yes, that was it. <laughs> there are people doing the work that are getting paid oodles of money. And I'm sorry, they're, they're not great yet. I don't want to speak uh, poorly of them. But like there are people that are just there. They have they you know, maybe they're, they've been able to quiet that gremlin a little bit quicker than us. And go ahead, quiet that gremlin, because you got this. There, again, our schools, our kids, our community need you. They need you. So, yes. sorry, was that, was that yes, it? That was totally it, because I, I feel like there's like, Every, you know, moment in an in, in educator's career, when you transition into a new chapter, you have this realization of like, oh my God, I thought everybody was doing this. And you realize like, everybody is not. <laughs> like, And then it like gives you some affirmation of like, I know what I'm, I'm doing. Like, I got some things I need to be offered. I need to stop playing small. I need to go after this. I need to take up some space. And so I just wanted you to share that with the with folks who are listening because for some folks who may not have had a lot of experience with consultants and they're already talking themselves out of their business without having an understanding of the landscape is actually they're so desperately needed right now and there are people mm-hmm. who are actually doing this work and they're doing it wrong there are people who are doing this yeah. work and they've never taught before. And to know that you are sitting there with a gift, with an experience, with a blueprint, you you like you know, using your leadership story, Joe, if you've taught math, you have been an instructional coach, you've been a school leader, and you've gotten bomb results, to know that you have that gift and that superpower and to think about the impact that you're gonna have in your business. It gives me so much joy because I know when you win, our kids and communities win. And so tell us how folks can contact you, how folks can, if there's anything coming up in your business that you want folks to know about, let them know. Yeah, absolutely. I have one other thing to say before. Sure, yes, of course. Yeah. You're going to get no's. You're going to get no's. You better preach. Um, I... In the last month, I've probably gotten four no's and people are un- going to unsubscribe from your emails. And that's okay. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to lose followers on your Instagram, yeah. on your uh, other social medias, and that's okay too. Yeah. Oh, tell the people. And, and like, don't, don't let that gremlin pop up. Just say, see you later. And it's okay. Just keep going. Keep going. And so you can follow me on, on Instagram, Joe underscore 
Lofsted. And that's mostly the social media that I currently use. And, you know, last night, Erica was meeting with, was it Philando? Yes, Philando, yeah. Yes. Uh, you can also find me on Peloton because that's where Philando and I connected <laughs> as well. J underscore Lofsted. Uh, that is not a business plug. That's just to make sure that I get my my behind on oh, the Peloton as well. <laughs> yeah, and so my next step is that I'm going to be I'm working on a mini course to take my my six lessons of internalizing Eureka or any math lesson and turning that into a mini course. So I'm telling y'all because I'm socially influenced. So the fact that you all know now, I will be more driven to do it and make sure that it gets done. And you can head to my website, joelofsted.com and sign up for a, my newsletter. And we can we can certainly connect, especially would love to talk with any of y'all, I found that jumping on the phone and having a conversation with other consultants, other people doing the work is just really helpful because as you build your network, people are going to say, that's not my lane, but it's Erica's lane. I'm going to connect you with Erica. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Y'all show Joe some love. If you, you can probably already pick this up in the conversation and I'm going to, to verbalize just Joe is one of the warmest people that you will ever meet. And so I'm just so grateful that we've had this time together, that folks were able to, to hear from you, to learn more about your business. And I'm so excited for what's to come for you and your family in 2021, as well as for you and your business. And so I'm just so grateful for everything that you're doing in your business and know that I'm for your forever cheerleader and your forever coach. And so I'm just so grateful and thankful you took the time to be with us tonight. If yeah, you are, uh, have been listening and you are fired up and you have gotten some affirmations, if you're interested in Get Launch Consulting, which is my 12-week program that walks educators through my framework to help them launch their consulting business, just like Joe, who was in cycle one. You can also click on the link in my bio to find out more information about that. Joe, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And give Jess my love and have a, a good, safe, safe evening. I will talk to you all soon. Bye everyone. Thanks. Erica. Bye.